Welcome to French Drive by Track presents Stephen Wonder Classics. Today we're going to be talking about Looking for Another Pure. Taken from the album Talking Book, released on the 28th of October 1972. On the track we have got Stevie Wonder uh, playing a number of things, including the drums, he's on the Fender Rhodes of course, and as always on the Moog bass. Uh, we've also got, with backing vocals, we have uh, Deborah Wilson, Shirley Brewer, uh, Dolores Harvin. Um, on guitar, we have uh, Buzz Featon returning um, on this album. And then we have uh, a co-writer of an earlier tune on this, uh, on this album, uh, Jeff Beck, uh, playing, his, uh, playing his guitar. Um, you know, previously, uh, Jeff Beck and Stevie had, but they, they co-written another song. Stevie released his version before Jeff Beck did. And, <laughs> and so, uh, Jeff Beck kind of ended up, you know, his version got nowhere in the charts and Stevie Wonder got number one out of it. Um, and so Jeff Beck returns here, um, you know, just playing uh, guitar. Um, the, the song was actually co-written by Cyrita Wright. Uh, because of course it was. Um, and joining me to talk about today is Antu. Hello, Antu. Uh, hey, Darren. Uh, it, it was pretty awkward when we co-wrote that song about our divorce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's funny actually because obviously you know this this album um, it veers on the on the first side it veers between um, songs like "You Are the Sunshine of My Life" and "You and I We Can Conquer the World." where Stevie is clearly singing about how strong his relationship is. And then you have Maybe Your Baby and Tuesday Heartbreak <laughs> and You Got It Bad Girl. Y y then you have a song like this, which is co-written with, like, you know, with Cyrita once more. You know, I think uh, only like the, the only track that's on this album that's actually co-written between them. Um, and, you know, it, again, it's kind of, it feels like it's almost about... I don't know. I don't know if it's like a divorce song or if it's about. It, it, I wouldn't say you know, a, just a general divorce song strictly, but it, it is very much a, a breakup song. And and uh, I mean, I think obviously we should really talk about kind of like Jeff Beck's guitar to start off with because yeah. um, it's like you know obviously Stevie Wonder what has you know over the course of these albums works with a number of different artists you know after you know after the first album and and kind of you know he abandoned Hitsville USA and you know he didn't have the Funk Brothers or anyone else you know kind of uh, any like just basically anonymous um you know studio musicians kind of doing stuff that was arranged by somebody else like he he was no longer kind of doing that yep. and so obviously he was picking artists to kind of come and work with him um you know you have kind of you know the Jackson 5 singing backing vocals the Persuasion singing backing vocals you know um a Paul Anker singing backing vocals like you you have kind of people of note kind of just coming in and doing backing vocals for Stevie Wonder and then in this case obviously Jeff Beck and Stevie Wonder had kind of you know um already kind of worked together um, and so kind of having him just come into the studio and you know just play guitar like uh, just over the top of like you know a song um, I would say it's one of the things that's kind of noticeable that it's like not Stevie Wonder's like normal um you know like kind of normal thing yeah uh, like what do you mean like it's not a whole bunch of horns <laughs> Well, I mean, it, like, it's kind of really noticeable that there's somebody playing guitar on the track who is who is getting way up in the mix. Okay, yeah, yeah that is true. I would say it's like, yes, he's uh, an instrumentalist who is as good as Stevie on his instrument as Stevie is on his multiple ones. Yeah. 
yeah so like normally if you have you know um i mean for example bobby hall uh, she plays like congas and you know various other uh, kind of um you know percussion instrumentation on a number of songs on this album on the next album on the previous album like she's she's kind of well known as kind of this um you know this kind of percussionist but never at any point do you feel like the congas are taking a solo yeah like it never feels like she's ever kind of you know getting to take a solo well, you know paul anchor sings backing vocals on one track <laughs> never does paul anchor all of a sudden get like lead vocals you know the jackson five yeah you know when when on, on you haven't done nothing stevie wonder says jackson five sing it now they're just singing doo-wops in the background <laughs> they don't get like you know uh, they don't get pushed to the front um, and I think the kind of really noticeable thing on this is, like, out, like suddenly Jeff Beck's guitar is really prominent mm-hmm. in the mix and really at the front. And it is almost, it's, I mean, it's not quite him taking, like, a yeah. vocal solo, but it is kind of like him taking a guitar solo. He, he does take a guitar solo as well, though. Which, like... But it's, like, really unusual that, 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 that Stevie kind of does this with anybody. Um, you know, even when he worked with Prince on So What's the First. Yeah. You can barely tell that Prince is playing guitar on the track. Like you can tell he's playing, but you can barely tell he's playing on the track. Um, you know, he's mostly kind of in the background just playing rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's you know it's it's kind of weird that to, like it's rare that on a Stevie track you ever feel somebody else. You know, unless they're you know co-build. You know, yeah. unless it's unless it's him and and you know Paul McCartney. Unless they're sharing billing, it's very rare that any anyone in the studio with Stevie gets to kind of come to the front and do a solo. And I I, I don't know it just stands out. I, I would even I meant the contrast of like different guitarists on this album as well is like pretty cool. Like I think Ray Parker Jr. like definitely shares the lead on maybe your baby. Like those lines he's playing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, yeah, that's that's true. Um, but it's not as like even the other tracks um, on uh, you know previous albums where um, you know Buzz Buzz Featon has played guitar, and you know in, on the tracks you know on yeah. future albums when Buzz Featon plays guitar, you you never really get the feeling that he's kind of taking over. It's just like oh, there's a guitar. Steve Stevie doesn't play yeah. guitar. Like you know, you're... it's clearly somebody else. But it's it's never kind of. It's never higher up in the mix than Stevie, so it's just kind of it's just an unusual thing. But at the same time, I don't think it's a bad thing, uh, but it's just something different to kind yeah. of. I I think it works really yeah. well. Like I feel like Jeff Beck's not doing any like he's playing like really nice feels. He's like not stepping on anything as well. Like he's not. He's definitely not. Yeah, overplaying. Yeah, and I uh, another thing that I love about this track as well is the drums. Like. Um, you know, kind of Stevie's very good at like kind of, um, you know, uh, very kind of like groovy drums. Like if there's a drum groove, he's very good at getting in that groove. And then, you know, you think of something like, uh, you know, Sir Duke or, you know, like even Superstition, like the drums are amazing on Superstition. Obviously that being the track that, you know, Jeff Mm -hmm. Beck kind of, he, he, um, he basically, apparently he kind of wrote the drum track with Stevie. Um, but the way Stevie performs the drums on that track, it's like it, there's a very kind of specific groove to them. Whereas on here, there's not really yeah. a groove that, that Stevie's playing, but they're so like the drums are so kind of like, um, I don't know, gentle sounds weird to say, but like they really kind of, um, you know, keep the, the track kind of steady. And I don't know, they're just they're not over, they don't overdo it. They're not overpowering. Like I say, they're not kind of stuck in any kind of groove or anything. They're just very I would say like it's gentle jazz yeah. drums, like very jazzy. Yeah, it kind of shows the range that Stevie's got. Like he can, he can, you know, he can just, you know, uh, kind of tap on a ride for for an entire song rather than kind of, you know, forcing the groove. And I think it really works. You know, it makes the song very kind of like light. 
Um, and it, I think it works with mm-hmm. the subject matter, you know, which is, like we said, kind. I mean, I, I don't know if this is specifically about um, the divorce. It's far enough in the year that it probably is about the divorce. Um, but I feel it works more yeah. generally just as, you know, somebody who is who has kind of had their heart broken. Um, and, you know, in the verses, they've got this, you know, <laughs> never tears or sorrows came to came in my mind. I had no problems, never a problem in my life. You know, all this kind of stuff about, you know, <laughs> my, my days before today were happy until your phone call. You were telling me goodbye, which, you know, that. Yeah, which which is like kind of heartbreaking because like I really picture Stevie like like the idea of someone breaking up with Stevie Wonder like over the phone. Like, just sounds so harsh. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like, though, if the track was written 40 years later, it'd be like, you know, you broke up with me on Snapchat or something. Like, it would, you know. But I still, like, the it, he isn't even getting, like, a Dear John letter. He's getting a phone call and that's it. So, you know, he's not yeah. even got anything to kind of, you know, for future years to kind of, as a keepsake of, like, the breakup. He's literally just getting a phone call. Of course, in real life, you know, the there were some phone calls between Stevie and Cyrita, but they also involved a lot of lawyers. Um, so, you know, not just one person on the line there, but yeah. And I, I, you know, the court, the chorus, um, you know, or or as it's defined for some reason on genius.com as the hook, I don't know why they're calling it that. Um, but just this, now I'm looking for another pure love. And then just like the, particularly the, like the backing vocalists on here, you know, like, uh, Shirley Brewer and Dolores Harvin and Deborah Wilson, a wonderful kind of blend of voices. Uh, you know, obviously Stevie's also doing his own background vocals because, you know, he, he does that mm-hmm. and they work really well. And I think also that's kind of where Jeff Beck's guitar kind of comes in, you know, like uh, is as the hook comes in. And yeah. I don't know, it's just a wonderful blend of voices. It's, you know, it, it it's nice and light. I would even like, I, I was thinking like Jeff Beck gets the solo straight after like the first chorus, which is like, again, like really ballsy. I was like, yeah. Jeff Beck is here, people. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah, he's not hiding it. Yes, and and just this kind of repetition of now I'm looking for another pure love and then the addition of in my life, Um, you know. uh, And then, of course, you know, when we have the second verse and it says, now the wheel of fate has turned. Again, this this feels like Cyrita's influence. Um, I don't know that Stevie would have ever written that. It just feels like something Cyrita kind of would have done, you know, like, and now I'm worried about the new love you've discovered, Um, you know. (laughs) He like the whole like he is a problem in my <laughs> yeah. life. He's like so threatening. Like I just imagine like Charles Bronson saying that <laughs> he is a problem in my life. Yeah, uh, I have a problem on my mind. Things you cherish the most in your life can be taken if they're left neglected, leaving a problem in your life. And then of course back to the yeah the hook for which like puts the onus on him. Like he's saying like I messed up. Like like yeah, if you neglect your loves, like yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is almost like a, you know, a he said, she said, where he's like, you know, I didn't see there was any problems. Then I got this phone call out of nowhere saying we're splitting up. And, you know, the she said is, hold on a second, you neglected me. And, you know, that's that's more of a problem. And, and you know, I'm going to leave you because of that. Um, yeah, he he seemed like like the narrator, like like a mindless idiot. Like he like was cruising through his days, like never giving it a second thought, like at all. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, I mean, it, to me, it's really weird because it feels almost like um, at this point, it's kind of cliched, but um, uh, the whole thing of like the husband who thinks they're happy and then they walk in on their wife having sex with another man. And it's like, you know, they didn't realize how much they were neglecting this person because they were spending so much time doing something else 
um, you know, yeah. like, you know, they were working so hard because they wanted to provide for them and all this kind of, and, and in, yeah. the, in maybe, maybe playing all the instruments on their albums and doing all the back of I'm Yeah, no, I couldn't help it. No, that, that, that is, that is, that is exactly, that is exactly the reason why, um, Stevie Wonder said that his marriage with Sarita didn't work because, um, you know, when they got together, they got together because he was spending all his time at Hitsville USA and she was a secretary there. Yeah. And so he saw her every day and they spoke every day. And that was because yeah. he was working so hard. And then of course, once they got together and she was no longer, you know, a, a secretary, the secretary, you know, where, when she, she then started, you know, with trying to have her own career as a singer, he was still spending every single day working and, you know, he wasn't really spending that much time with her. And that is kind of how the situation worked was like, you know, the reason they got together was the reason they broke up, you know, because they, they were spending so much together at Motown and then, you know, they split up because yeah. he was spending so much time in the studio. Which which makes it kind of like a lot more awkward when we think about that. The fact that he's like playing <laughs> all, most of the instruments on this song on a song they co-wrote as well, just making it like super awkward. But I, I mean, the thing is like, um, it's worth saying, you know, once, you know, later on in his life, once Stevie Wonder had children... Um, he yeah. he stopped putting out albums. He he spent his he spent he started spending his time as a father rather than as a singer. You know he still toured. Mm-hmm. He still occasionally put out an album, but he hasn't put an album out in fourteen years. Um, and I think in that time he's had like another four kids. So so, you know he's he's been busy like being a father and making that choice. And obviously that's something that he learned from this first marriage was like if you're gonna be in a relationship with someone, you can't then spend you yeah. know, 23 hours a day in a studio recording songs about how much you love that person. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you have to kind of, you know, you have to spend the time with them. And I think it's kind of interesting that this song is kind of split into a verse that, that you know, feels like it's from Stevie's point of view and then another one that feels like it's directly from Cyrita's point of view, um, you know. And, of course, it's worth saying that, you know, in between the two albums in 1972, um, you know, between Music on My Mind and Talking Book, Cyrita put out an album of her own, um, you know, with Stevie kind of co-writing a lot of the songs and stuff like that. So, uh, oh, yeah. So, like, even after they divorced, they spent a lot of time together because, um, you know, they, he ended up working on, you know, the album Cyrita. Uh, but then at the same time, you know, um, after she released that album, you know, in 1974, they put out another album together. So you know, literally called Stevie Wonder Presents Cyrita. Um, so they God. so they actually spent they spent as much time like working together after they broke up as they did, you know, when they were together. But, you know, working yeah. together when you don't have to go home at night and see the same person again is obviously a lot different. And I think that's probably why, you know, I mean, by all accounts, it was a very amicable divorce. Uh, but obviously in songs like this, it does come across that maybe there were some issues that Cyrita was wanting to air, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, after we get the second verse, the rest of the song is just mostly, you know, um, kind of the repetition yeah. of I'm looking for another pure love, another pure love in my life. Yeah, which is like a great hook as well. Like, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm enjoying a lot of this. Like, this is all really solid stuff. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like, you know, Stevie's got such a wonderful voice. And, you know, the kind of the, the, the guitar as well kind of makes it sound slightly different because at this point we're kind of used to the whole, you know, Stevie, drums, Fender, Moog bass. Like we're used to that kind of setup. Yeah. Um, and so having like the women coming in and doing the backing vocals along with, you know, Stevie providing his own backing vocals. And then again, having these this kind of these the guitars in kind of giving a different um, kind of texture to the song. 
I don't know. It's just a. It's really like and and you know, four minutes forty four. It's nice and short. And I don't know. It's just it's such a it's such a kind of nice little song. And uh, I don't know. For me, I'm gonna mm-hmm. say uh, six out of five. I love it. You know, it's a great song. Yeah, I'd, I'd say five out of five as well. <laughs> I mean, I said six out of five because yeah. I I follow rules, yeah. Darren. I uh, respect <laughs> the laws of nature. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's just a it's just a wonderful song. And it's like Talking Book is such a strong album from start to to, to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is kind of like just a you know a, a nice little uh, you know like in terms of again like the one thing that I think Stevie Wonder got better as as the seventies went on was just the idea of an album, um, and so going from um, you know blame it on the sun uh, to looking for another pure love, and then finishing off with you know I believe straight after it, yeah. such a wonderful run of songs. Um, you know I'd even say like Superstition Big Brother. I mean. You know, I would say there's not a bad song on this album. Like it's ten perfectly, like every single track kind of makes sense going into the next track. Uh, it, it, yeah, and it builds on the previous song and yeah. is a nice contrast to it. And... and also, I mean, I like as well how you've got like you know, blame in the previous title, and then now you've got pure in this title. And it's, <laughs> I don't know. And then it finishes off with I believe when I fall in love, it will be forever. And it's like. <sighs> Yeah. Stevie, I feel like you've made an assumption there that I don't think is ever going to be <laughs> realistically matched. But you know, I don't know. It's just such like <laughs> yeah. I don't, in terms of like the the order of these ten <laughs> songs, it's such a perfect like you know from from this album, Inner Visions, um, you know, and fulfilling this first finale, like those these those three albums, they're you know the kind of running order is so perfectly done on each of them. It like every song kind of just feels like it's in the right place. Um, and this is just great as like you know the penultimate song on an album and you know it's just the right length and it has like a, a, it's different enough from the previous song as well which was you know kind of draped in harpsichord and tonto and then it kind of goes back to the you know the Fender Rhodes and Moog bass and then we kind of mm-hmm. finish off with the, the return of the clavinet and then also you know it's just you know kind of Stevie by himself singing and doing the background vocals yeah, and, it's, yeah, yeah. like you mentioned it before but like yeah it's a really groovy tra- track as well it's just like a really nice yeah, pen pen ultimate track. Yeah, yeah. So you know, obviously, I'll talk a lot more about I believe on the next uh, episode because uh, I feel like that's gonna you know be a very long episode because I just love that song so much, mm. um, and that is the, uh-huh. that is the song that got me into Stevie Wonder as well. Uh, its appearance, as in from High there Fidelity. There you go. Is that that's what's it. Happening yeah, here? that's it. I saw High yeah. Fidelity. I heard that song, <laughs> and I was like, "What the hell is that?" Like, you know, I'd never heard it before, and I was just like, I, I was sitting there watching the end credits, hearing this song, and just being like, "What the hell is going on?" Like, this is like easily one of the most like beautiful songs I've ever heard. Yes, and that's like an effective use of it in an end credits sequence oh yeah yeah and then and then straight away of course like literally the next day i went out and i bought talking book and then after that inner visions and then and then you know within within a couple of weeks i pretty much had the entire of like this run of albums and i was just listening to them non-stop uh and i'm almost yeah i I don't want to get into some like i believe talk but like that just gets that song gets better with the outro where he changes up the tempo oh yeah like yeah no so great i mean this is a great song but that's you know this is a six out of five i i don't know what rating i'm gonna have to be given for that one but it's gonna be high um so is there anything else we need to say about uh how much pure love we're looking for uh i i I just want to note that like stevie opens with the same scale like as he does in uh you are the sunshine of my life i'm pretty certain that's like the whole tone scale that do 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 yeah do 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 yeah i think i I just i just feel like that's an interesting like the start of him really experimenting with that scale and it's like the the fact that he's like 
playing almost the same sequence of notes if if not the same notes the same intervals at least like on the opening song and the, the penultimate song is pretty interesting to me yeah I mean, you know, it's not like this album came back by mistake. You know, he's he's clearly thinking everything through in terms of where everything is on the album. It's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I think these albums are generally acclaimed as being, you know, the classic run, because, you know, there's not a track wrong. You know, every single track has a, has a proper place and, you know, it just kind of all builds. You know, you, you can't just listen to one track. You have to listen to the album to kind of get the full picture of what's going on. Um, you know, and that's you know that's something that I think very few artists can actually kind of do. Yeah. Um, is is you know put an album together. Um, so uh, let's go to plugs then. Is there anything that we should plug onto? Uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter at onto uh, comedy. That's spelled A N H T U and the word comedy. And you can find us for this project on Twitter at Stevie Y Wonder. Uh, thanks as well for being my guest here today. On uh, no problem. Uh, thanks for still podcasting with me after the, the <laughs> divorce. And I will speak to you again. Take care. <laughs>